Thanks for listening to the KC Morning Show. It is June 1st. Cannot believe it, can you? Do you believe it? It's June 1st already. Hard to believe it's June already, right? Hard to believe June 1st is already here. Hard to believe today is June 1st. I can't believe it's already June. Can you believe it's June 1st already? It's hard to believe it's June 1st. Hard to believe it's June 1st. I can't believe it's June. I know, June 1st. I cannot believe it's June 1st. Cannot believe that it's already June 1st. Hard to believe it's June already. It's June. It is June. Can you believe it's June already? No, it's unbelievable. Can you believe it? It that went, we were in jail. May went by quickly. It Holy really did. Cow. Everything's running smoothly. Yo, 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 yo! What is going on? My name's Hartzell, and this right here, it's your KC What's the word? Kansas City, a happy hump day, baby. A happy pride. Happy pride, Kansas City. All our LGBTQIA homies. A, what is the word? The word is pride. Happy Pride, my friends. On the show today, let's just get right to it, yeah? It is a important episode. Back on your KC Morning Show, Ryan Sorrell, founding editor of the Kansas City Defender, continuing this legacy that is black media in Kansas City. And it goes back. It goes way, way back. It was important then. It is vital and important today, life or death today, just as it was back then, doing some incredible work and now starting to get some national attention. Now we need these same national outlets to be crediting our friend Ryan Sorrell and the Kansas City Defender a little bit more than what they're doing. They have been targeted. They have been called all kinds of offensive things all because they're trying to tell our stories. Hold folks accountable. Talking to you, KCPD. So on the show today, Ryan Sorrell and the Kansas City Defender. And full disclosure, Ryan and I, we're going to say some things and use some words that might make you a bit uncomfortable. AKA might make some white folks a bit uncomfortable. I excel at that, and maybe, maybe it's intentional. Maybe that's the point. And I'm not gonna bleep it. Don't you say it though. Don't you think about saying it. After that, we do a little sports thing with our managing editor over at Bet Sided. We bet on Benny Heist talking little basketball. W NBA basketball. Yeah, it was awesome, and my man's got some money for you. Rate, review, subscribe, Kansas City. Do that thing you do. You know, you know it's a good day. A damn good day to be a Kansas City in conditions. Ideal because you, Kansas City, I love you. My name's Hartzell. We'll see ya in the morning. Bye. If there's one thing that I found is as true as the sunrise, it's that I like being on there with Hartzell. The KC Morning Show. Before we even dive into everything, I just want to say thank you for everything you're doing. Ryan Sorrell, founder of the KC Defender. You have broken so much news, important news. You're telling our story. The black experience is the American experience. My brother, welcome back to the show. How you doing? I'm doing decent, man. Doing decent. I definitely appreciate you, uh, you know, hyping me up a little bit and hyping the work that we're doing at the Kansas City Defender up. Definitely been a, a pretty exhausting last few weeks, but I'm just appreciative that we're able to do this work. So I'm over here, and if you're listening, you can follow along at KansasCityDefender.com. Let's start with this story. KCPD shot an unarmed black woman five times, and the woman had her hands up. Ryan, would you care to explain? And then let's talk about the backlash. You called nigger a bunch of times in some kind of email. So, yeah, what you're doing is important. It's working. 
Let's break it down and discuss. Absolutely. So the facts that we have at this point, a lot of it comes from an eyewitness testimony that was first reported by the Kansas City Star, actually. And so our reporting, a lot of it you'll see in the article that we published, a lot of that actually sources the Kansas City Star article in which they spoke directly to an eyewitness whose name is Shadanja. Shadanja was on the scene and also the video that has at this point gone viral, has multiple millions of views. The video shows the aftermath of a woman named Leona Hale, who's a 26-year-old, allegedly pregnant, but that has not been confirmed. Woman who was suspected of being a part of or driving in a stolen vehicle. She was in that vehicle with a male alleged suspect. Allegedly, the male suspect got out of the vehicle and took off running whenever the police came. And from what we know at this point, and from what the eyewitness testimony says, Leona got out of the car with her hands up. She ended up taking about three steps to run away from the police and the police shot her multiple times. We don't know exactly how many times at this point. Initially, people were saying it was four or five times. Her condition right now that we know of her medical condition is that she has a broken arm. She has a collapsed lung. She has two bullets still lodged inside of her body, currently in stable condition, but she's still fighting for her life as well. And so there has been an enormous outcry amongst the public. You know, this is coming just weeks after the Buffalo massacre, where we saw a white man murder over 10 people in Buffalo, New York, and the police had no problem de-escalating the situation with someone who had murdered and massacred 10 people. They had absolutely no problem apprehending him without killing him, without shooting him even one time. And we have seen this type of pattern take place with people like Dylan Roof, who had murdered numerous people in a church. Anytime it's a white man, it seems that they are often able to apprehend someone peacefully. But whenever it's a black person, it seems that they shoot first and ask questions later, even if it's a woman. That is the problem that we at the Kansas City Defender had. We, once again, we report the facts as we know them. And we also are continuing to uh, investigate this story. And, and to this point, we have seen that it has garnered national attention, and I'm sure it will continue to garner national attention. So what is the response from KCPD? Anything at all? Uh, the Kansas City Police Department has changed their story now from what they initially reported. What they initially reported was that they found a gun on the scene, and that is actually aligned with what the eyewitness said she heard. Whenever Leona put her hands in the air, the eyewitness said she also heard Leona say, there is a gun in the vehicle. And so Leona admitted verbally, according to the eyewitness testimony, that there was a gun in the vehicle. And the day of, the police said that they had recovered a gun on the scene. Now, days after this has gone viral, the police have actually changed their story just yesterday after it was picked up by multiple national news outlets. The police are now changing their story to say that Leona had a gun and a weapon in her hand the entire time. And so this is something that we have you know, seen numerous times as far as the police continuously changing the facts of the story as it garners more attention. We saw this in the case with Malcolm Johnson. We saw it in the case with Cameron Lamb. We saw it in the case with Terrence Bridges. We saw it in the case with Ryan Stokes. We see this in essentially every single case where there is a black person in Kansas City killed by the Kansas City Police Department. The police department will literally, and it was actually proven in court last year in the case of Cameron Lamb, that the police actually planted a gun on the scene and said that he had a weapon on him. Cameron Lamb's family actually won that case. And that essentially proved 
that the Kansas City Police Department did plant that evidence on the scene. And so we have seen factually and proven in court that the Kansas City Police Department lies in their official police reports, that they changed their story, and that they are also known for planting evidence as well. Well, and it's the way that legacy media honestly carries the weight for those institutions as well. I mean, look at what's going on in Uvalde right now. How many different times have they done change that police account about this mass shooting and how they just abject failed the police department there in Uvalde? How the Kansas City Police Department has time and time again just abject failed in transparency and just doing their job in protecting and serving. So how can we, number one, keep these institutions accountable when we have so many different parts? of the media or just media at large that honestly is doing their job for them for all sorts of reasons. Absolutely. And I, I think to me, one of the very first steps that we could take is not even calling it an official police report anymore because it's not official. It's not really a report. What it is is a propaganda document, quite honestly. And time and time again, as I mentioned with the case of Malcolm Johnson, as I mentioned with the case of Cameron Lamb, as I mentioned with the case of Ryan Stokes and Terrence Bridges, all of these instances and these so-called official police reports in the official police report that was written uh, by multiple officers and written off and signed off on, all of them said that these young black men were armed. And then when the video footage came out, it turned out that they were unarmed and that some of them didn't even have a weapon in their possession at all, like not in the car, not even in the vicinity. And so these police reports are literally not official documents in any way, shape or form. So I think that's one of the very first places we can start, because if you use a different precedent, if we look at something like, say, a court case, if there was a witness, an eyewitness who had multiple discrepancies or even one discrepancy in their testimony, oftentimes that's enough to get the eyewitness thrown out and to say that this eyewitness is not credible or that they are biased or that they have some type of conflict of interest. The smallest discrepancy in an eyewitness testimony can cause for their testimony to be thrown out. Yet, time and time again, we know for a fact that the Kansas City Police Department has lied, has manipulated facts, has deceived the public, and has also manipulated crime scenes and planted evidence. But yet, for some reason, we continue to use them as a truth that doesn't need to be doubted. And so I think, number one, as the people and as the public, we should stop immediately believing what the police say after these things happen. And I think that the second thing from a media perspective, and this is what I have been advocating for since I came into media, and what we have been advocating for as the Kansas City Defender and as a Black media organization, and as far back as Ida B. Wells, there's actually a quote that says, those who commit the murders write the reports. The victims were Black, and the reports are so written as to make it appear that the helpless creatures deserve the fate which overtook them. And so Ida B. Wells wrote this, you know, over 100 years ago. She understood these very same facts, that these official police reports are written by the same people who kill us, essentially. And so I think from a media perspective, we absolutely have to stop using the official police reports and reporting them as fact, because we know for a fact now that they are not the facts. And then oftentimes what the people have to say what the eyewitnesses in the community had to say are often much more credible, much more accurate, much more truthful, and much less biased than anything that the police are saying. And secondly, I would also say that even with these so-called outside independent agencies like the Missouri Highway Patrol that is coming in to investigate this officer-involved shooting, this shooting of Leona Hale. We also know that the Missouri Highway Patrol once again said that Malcolm Johnson was armed when in fact he was not armed. Missouri Highway Patrol said that Malcolm Johnson was engaged in a shootout with the Kansas City Police Department when in fact Malcolm Johnson was actually being held on the ground by three to four police officers 
and one of the police officers accidentally shot the other police officer and then shot Malcolm Johnson twice. And so not only was Malcolm Johnson unarmed, but one of the police officers accidentally shot another police officer and then murdered Malcolm Johnson. And the official police report framed Malcolm and said that he was responsible for all of the shootings that took place that day. And that's why they killed him. And so we know, I mean, at this point, it's, it's so clear that we as media people should stop listening to what the police have to say. Of course, we have to report it still, but we have to be much more critical and scrutinize it much more. You know, KSHB, the police go directly to KSHB whenever they need to put their propaganda out. The police go directly to Fox 4 whenever they need to put their propaganda out. A lot of these white media outlets, that's what they do. <laughs> There's no question about it. They have a relationship with the public information officers that work in the Kansas City Police Department. That's what their role is, is to be you know, part of the propaganda arm of the police. And so I don't even have an expectation for some of these media outlets to change the way that they do things. But for maybe like the Kansas City Star, I think the Star does have some responsible reporters and they take some more responsible stances. I think that the pitch or the beacon outlets like, you know, some of these smaller outlets, I think, are aligning themselves more with where people are moving towards as far as not reporting the Kansas City Police Department reports is true. Again, I'm so happy you're here. I'm on this website seeing the coverage. I mean, this is so important. I'm so happy that you're doing this. I can't help but also be terrified for you, for us as we're trying to change this world, that we're doing it in this rightist, reactionary movement this response i mean they're literally killing us and taking our rights away as we speak you know these people make threats that's that's you know something that's expected to come when when anybody is speaking you know radical truth and trying to change things radically in the way that things are done unapologetically speaking out against white supremacy unapologetically naming white supremacists and saying you know these police officers in the kansas city police department are white supremacists and saying that they're operating in white supremacy and that we need to undo that and there's a lot of things that we need to undo. So, you know, we saw that email that somebody sent to me yesterday. They were calling me nigger, saying I'm a monkey. They want to hang me. Notice that they sent it from an anonymous email. So they, if, hey, if they want to see me, they can see me. It's like that. So I'm not too concerned about that at all. Hey, you want to call out somebody else real quick? I was trying to expose some more folks. You're talking about Turning Point USA. Turning Point USA is absolutely a white supremacist organization, far right. They have chapters at schools all across the country. At one retreat that took place in Texas, uh, either earlier this year or late last year, the students who were at the retreat, who were a part of Turning Point USA, called themselves the Hitler Youth without the Hitler. They believe in replacement theory, which is white supremacist terrorist ideology, the same one that motivated the Buffalo shooter to go into the black neighborhood and murder all of those people. So they actually operate on white supremacist terrorist ideologies. And uh, they tried to come to a school here in Lee Summit, where, like you said, we went to Lee Summit schools. We know how it is out here. And there was a lot of white parents, actually, who were in agreement with them. There was also massive resistance as well, much more resistance than there was people in agreement. And that was actually very heartening to see that, that there were so many students, hundreds and hundreds, over 700 students that showed out to that protest at Lee Summit West. So that was truly amazing to see. I was fantastic. I was so proud. Titan f***ing pride, y'all. I was never more excited to be an uh, alum ever than in that moment. And, you know, I got to think what you're doing. Again, it's important for the here and now, but the future. You I mean, these these kids, you know, who are reaching out, they feel safe. They feel heard by reaching out to the Kansas City Defender. That's not just a voice, a perspective that we need to hear. We got allies in this movement, man. New allies. Absolutely. I think that, you know, as we continue to elevate our own platform, and get our stories out there. There's going to be 
more people, more and more people who are moved to take action. A lot of those people might not even be black people. You know, we stand in solidarity with all the Prince people and we center the voices and we center the experiences of the most marginalized people, which is black people, trans black people, queer black people. Those are the experiences that we want to center as we continue doing this liberation work. But yeah, I think that there's always, you know, we we are very appreciative of the allies and other people who continue to speak up for us as well. Well, Ryan, before I let you go, man, I, I honestly just want to give you the next few moments to preach a little. Anybody you want to get some shout outs to, give some flowers out to, by all means, the floor is yours. You know, just in your own words, what do you think these folks need to hear right now? Uh, I mean, I think we covered a lot and, you know, I don't want to talk people's ears off. I'll just say, you know, there's a lot of important work happening right now. I think that this is a very pivotal point in the country. You know, last time we talked, we talked about fascism. We talked about how close the country is into descending into full-blown fascism, into a full-blown white supremacist fascism at that. And so I think that we are certainly at an incredibly pivotal point in the country right now and one that will be studied in history. And I think that it's important that people understand the importance of the moment that we're in and that they get involved in some way, shape or form. And that there's specifically here in Kansas City, there's numerous organizations, whether it's reproductive rights, whether it's racial justice, whether it's black liberationist work, whether it's white people doing work for black people like Surge. That's an organization. So if you're white, there's even organizations for you to do stuff like this. And so, yeah, I would just tell people to get involved in some way because it's incredibly necessary right now, especially with what we're seeing happen around the country with these fascist book bans that are still taking place. There's actually just recently yesterday, there was an organization here in Missouri that created essentially a hit list of schools to target for being quote unquote woke. And people are saying that it's essentially a hit list for people who want to target schools. And so these things are actually taking place. It seems like we're descending backwards in history, backwards in time, but but really we just never left and we never confronted what this country was actually built on, which is white supremacy. And so it's really just beginning to once again rear its head. I think we have a lot more work to do and I hope that people will continue to pay attention and follow black media because without us and without Kansas City Discover, without black media outlets across the country, and even historically, I mean, I mentioned Ida B. Wells earlier, or even the Kansas City Call or the Chicago Defender. Without these media outlets, these black media outlets, then so much of our history and of our stories would have been buried. They would have been lied about. They would have been covered up. And so it's so absolutely, I cannot stress enough how important it is that we continue to support black media because oftentimes that's the only way that the truth will ever come out because there's so many media outlets that are working day and night, 24 hours a day to cover up the truth, to cover up the unapologetic black truth that needs to be out there. And so I would just really hope that people uh, continue to support us in any way that they can. I highly recommend signing up for our newsletter. If you go to our website, all you have to do is scroll to the very bottom of the page and there's a place to sign up for our newsletter right there. Once again, our website is KansasCityDefender.com. That's KansasCityDefender.com. And if you scroll all the way to the bottom, you can sign up for our newsletter. That's where we have a lot of our most important information. And we're also very active on Twitter and we're very active on Instagram. We're not as super active on Facebook right now, but I just hope that people are able to tap in with us and, and stay connected with the work that we're doing. Ryan Sorrell, he is the founding editor of the Kansas City Defender, Black Excellence Personified. Salute to you and your team, my friend. So needed, so valued, so appreciated. Come back on the show, yeah? I'm gonna get you back on? Absolutely, you know, I'm always willing to come back, man. Oh, man, it's solidarity. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you.
Show. Sports. Let's do a sports thing. He's the managing editor over at BetSided, part of that fansided.com network. The hustle to my flow, our brother Benny, Benny Heiss. My man, how are you? I'm living the dream, Arthur. The, the hustle to your flow. I don't know if I'm more of the flow. You're more of the hustle. I think we it's a bit interchangeable because you are both hustle and flow. So I don't know where I come in in the mix because I feel like you kind of have it down for both. No, 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 that's not true. It's a little true. It's a little true. It's okay. Own it. <laughs> you are the glue, the force behind it all that keeps it all together wow i can get behind that too i, do you, do I like you where make this? your head is at for this do you want to make this existential because you know we can take that walk i can go there how many different directions like you with us it's either left right <laughs> diagonal in a circle a loop back around there's no telling of which direction this could go i'm happy to go any way you want because the roads always end up back to the casey morning show oh my god put that on a shirt you, you know what's funny it's because the, the shirt can either be two different ways the, the, the shirt can either say all roads lead back to the casey morning show or where we're going we don't need roads <laughs> I'm always curious, like whenever I call you, do you have your notes ready? Because we do take those roads to nowhere. What do you prepare when I call? Do you even prepare? Do I even prepare? I, I prepare to a certain extent. Like if I know, I'll, I'll give you an example. Let's say we're talking about sort of the possibility and the prospect of like an NBA team coming to Kansas City. Okay. So in, in that type of scenario, like if that were to be like, if you hit me up and say like, hey, I know that this is the pulse of Kansas City right now. A lot of people are talking about this. I will come prepared but if you're like hey let's just bullshit today like let's just have some fun <laughs> true. then you know like i most of the time like when we talk i'm in front of my my laptop i'm going over stuff i'm i'm editing i'm writing i'm, I'm doing all the the bet side of things so to a certain extent like i'm prepared to cover whatever you want to dive into all of a sudden if we start going on an existential level then <laughs> it's not always the easiest to prepare for wherever our mind is going but like in the case of today i'll be honest with you Arthur, like i never watched a moment of wnba basketball in my life okay until this year i am on fire i've gone eight and oh betting on the WNBA over the last eight days, and I'm hooked. Tell us what we need to know. Why don't you get us up to speed in that WNBA hustle, and then we'll get NBA I later. Okay, so it's a league that always put on a competitive and good product. And just like the NBA now, where you just have a plethora of superstars that are starting to get a little bit more notice. And the WNBA, it's a little bit more condensed. You only have 12 teams. There's still a couple of bad teams, but it's still a fun fast-paced product that is a short limited supply so like every game actually matters some of the best players in the world candace parker is continuing to play and put up some amazing numbers over in chicago the las vegas aces remember when everyone was talking about becky hammond taking over one day for greg popovich uh, san antonio so becky hammond got the gig with the las vegas aces who are the favorite to win the uh, the WNBA title this year and they are awesome like, they have two of the best players in the WNBA in Asia Wilson and Jackie Young. They are a frenetic offensive, pushing pace. They make a ton of outside shots. They're kind of like the Golden State Warriors of the WNBA. Um, it's just a really competitive, rock-solid product that odds makers don't seem to have a great grasp on right now. And so I think you can find a lot of competitive advantages, and it's something that we write about over at BetSided in trying to find them. So I'll, I'll give you a case in point. If you're going to be watching, I think CBS Sports Network has uh, the game tonight between the New York Liberty 
and the Indiana Fever. I like the under in that game. It's under 164. You have the Fever that are coming off of a back-to-back at home. They just fired their coach because they were off to a terrible start. Got a big win at home and then played against a Washington team. It's kind of like the Boston Celtics right now. Like, just will suffocate you on defense. Indiana likes to go really fast. Washington likes to go really slow. And so fast teams tend to struggle in that type of environment unless they're just making everything. And the thing about Indiana is that even though they play fast, they don't make a lot of shots. So now you have a similar situation, except the Liberty can't score, but they play slow. And yet, because both teams are bad, odds makers are taking that number where the over should be. And they're saying, well, we think both these teams are bad. No one's going to play defense. No, that's the opposite. Just because you play fast doesn't mean you score a lot of points. So go ahead, take that under 164. Let's ride it out. Let's keep going. Let's stay undefeated over the last eight days. And you got yourself a bet in a game that you are now maybe not planning on watching, all of a sudden you're in for a little bit more fun. And you said that these numbers, the highest maybe that it's ever been for the WNBA? Yes. Maybe other than when it first kicked off and you had a a bunch of of national recognition from something brand new and something exciting. But there's there's some ladies in that league that can ball out. And I have to tell you, again, the betting is what brought me in. It's what brought me into golf. Arsenal, like I was with you that day in the afternoon in Overland Park where we could not imagine that on a Friday there were a lot of people that were not working that were watching a little bit of the Masters. You know what? Especially in the state of Kansas, once betting starts to become legalized and more people pick it up casually, you're going to find these different outlets besides what you're traditionally betting on. And I'm telling you, there is a great market inefficiency right now if you're looking to bet to find it on the WNBA, which is starting to get more recognition, but the odds makers aren't paying attention to it because they got to worry about NFL offseason stuff and baseball and NBA and the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's, it's being overlooked in the market right now, and I'm telling you, with the right research, you can take advantage. Good bets, good basketball, good on you, Benny Heist. Also, you know what? we got to bring home Brittany Griner. Dude, you're not kidding. Like, that's it's been over 100 days. What the hell, man? I, I saw the sky last night, and, and kudos to the Chicago sky for, for teaming up with the Mercury to go ahead and raise awareness for what's going on. They raised some, some money. Hold on, I, I hold on. Raise awareness? I mean, this should be one of the biggest stories, if not the biggest story in the world. She is being held captive over there, man. And, I mean, imagine if this was Tom Brady or LeBron or Patrick Mahomes, for that matter. You know what? That, I'm really, really glad you said that. That's an, that's an incredibly insightful comment to say. And you're right. We've kind of sort of become numb to it that, you know, one of the best players in the league, if you were asking someone to name a WNBA player, I I think Brittany Griner would be one of the first people that they name. You're right. It's an incredibly big deal. And because these players not getting paid anywhere near what the men get paid. And again, there's there's a lot of sort of complicated reasons behind that. You know, a lot of these women are playing overseas during the offseason and she found a lucrative opportunity before. And now you're right. There's there's a captive situation and you just hope that she's okay. And at some point they're able to bring her home safely. Uh, so I'm glad you really put it in, the, in that type of perspective. That's that's a very, very helpful perspective for a lot of people. Well, Benny Heist, how about this? How about this? Because you got a sick kiddo at the house. I really love this became a segment on women's basketball, and I think we should leave it there. Let's do the NBA Finals on Friday. How about that? We can do that, man. And also, by the way, I, I know there's a lot of Royals fans out there that are, are starting to get hella pissed. I hear you. And it, it's starting to, to go from the point where fans have gone from, all right, like, I'm willing to give this regime, like, one last chance because there's a lot of upside in the organization. Um, but now we're at a point where 
the upside isn't showing up and adjustments aren't being made. I think Royals fans were okay with the fact that they weren't going to be maybe great this year, but they expected them to be somewhat in contention and not be amongst the worst teams in baseball. It's June 1st and the Royals are right there with the worst in the league. And that's unacceptable at this point. So for all of you Royals fans, Hartzell and I will have a time, but we'll dissect this. We'll go through what's exactly gone wrong because I think there's a lot of answers that a lot of fans are looking for. And if they don't get them soon, you're going to start to go back to that feeling like you had in those early 2000s where it just feels like, well, what's the point at this point? And that's not a good place to be as a fan base, especially not even 10 years removed from a World Series run that really captivated this entire city. That part, not even 10 years, Benny, that part at the end that you said, my goodness, what's the deal with the Royals, Benny? What is the goddamn deal? You and I, we're going to get to the bottom of this, Benny Heiss. People want answers. Let's give them some answers. Let's, let's, let's speak some truth. You may not always get the truth that you seek from the people that you want to hear it from, but we'll deliver it to you. So I'm excited to have that conversation with you down the road. This is what my guy does. Remember at the beginning of this thing, we said we take circles. He brought it all the way back. We exclamation pointed this thing with some more existentialism on a Wednesday. Benny Heiss, where can folks find you? Plug them handles. They can head on over to, yes, all the handles. Head over to Bedsided. All of the, the articles are free. We love being able to have an open dialogue where it's easy for anyone to try and learn a little bit more about betting, to have that conversation with us. So every game on the Major League Baseball slate, if you want something for the NBA Finals, of course, WNBA, like I mentioned before, NHL, you name it, we've got it covered. Bunch of awesome French Open coverage, too, from our guys like Reed Wallach and Donovan Smoot have done awesome, awesome work. So it's fansided.com slash betsided. You can follow us at betsided on Twitter. If you want to follow me, head on over to Twitter as well, at Benny Heiss is where you can find me. Benny Heiss, my brother. I love you. We'll chat on Friday. Let's do that basketball. NBA Finals well, basketball. I guess, okay, real quick, just before I hit end, who you got? I got the Warriors. I got the Warriors, yeah. The Celtics have made a remarkable turnaround. And I read a great article over at The Ringer from longtime Boston writer Jackie McMullen about what changed along the way. Because they were 16 and 19 at the end of 2021. They were not buying in to Ime Udoka, who was a first-year head coach. They've played some of the best defense that we've seen in the league in a long, long time. And you've started to see a superstar emerge in Jason Tatum. And they've got great role players too, and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and Robert Williams is a force inside. Now Horford's turned back the clock to his Florida days. They are a tough out and not a pushover for Golden State. But man, like the Warriors haven't been back to the finals in a handful of years. They're ready for it. They're healthy at the right time. They've been to this point before. And I know that Boston has knocked out some big boys along the way. But this is the finals, and I don't think the Warriors are going to let it escape them. So I like the Warriors in six. And I like you, Benny Buckets. Buckets, we'll see you Friday, man. Benny Buckets on a Friday. Let's make it happen. Basketball jokes. I got a basketball joke. I got a basketball joke. Ooh, baby.